presents the Batman Universe Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number 49. I'm your host, Dustin, and today we have with us... It's Apple. This is Nick. You got Josh. This is Zach. And this is Ryan. So, we've got some movie news, we got TV news, we have a bunch of merchandise news, because Toy Fair just happened, no video game news, no general news, and our spotlight character will be Orpheus, and... In our feature, we will be discussing the current Batman 3 rumors that are floating around out there, along with a little bit of news that is actually legit, and we'll talk about that as well. So let's start off with movie news. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. The very first thing that we're actually going to talk about is on February 9th, Warner Brothers sent over another clip from Justice League Crisis on Tours. Now, while you're listening to this podcast, the movie's actually already come out, and I can tell you from getting a review copy that it's not as bad as I imagined it would be. Um, it's pretty good? It's it's actually pretty decent. It reminded me a lot of Justice League Unlimited, but it had a little bit of a twist to make it a little bit more DC Animated Universe film-oriented as far as being the PG-13 type thing, um, which I thought was kind of cool. You see some death, you hear some swearing, so you know it's very PG-13. Sweet. Did uh, the Public Enemies movie hurt you that much that you were just expecting all the next DC animated movies to be horrible? <laughs> You're like, oh, well, well, you know, it was better than I expected. No. Has, have I, they I just hurted your expectations that much? No. See, the thing is with Superman Batman is that if I never read the comic, it would have been fine. And I, th- and I truly think that if I didn't read the comic, the, the movie would have been fine. But the fact that I read the comic, then saw the movie very short distance or very short time period between each other i think that that's what hurt is because they changed some major things and i didn't really like that idea also the fact that the end of the movie ended with batman not captain adam driving into the meteor and on top of that batman lives but captain adam in the comic died and that was a perfect opportunity to have some death in a pg-13 movie and make it work but you know i'm just saying I like Public Enemies, but it's far from my favorite. I, I'm hoping something can um, surpass the New Frontiers because so far I can watch that over and over and over again. I love that one. Yeah, New Frontier I think was a good one too, and some people don't like it, but I thought it was actually very good, and it followed the comic very well. I was expecting a little bit less from this movie specifically because the way they presented it was it was originally supposed to be just League Unlimited's uh, episodes like a three-parts, uh, three-parter or something like that, and they decided after the show got canceled that they weren't obviously going to do it because they couldn't, but then they decided, oh, well, Dwayne McDuffie wrote this episode and we just told him to tweak it to make it a film, and I didn't like the idea of that. But at the same time, it, it fell fine. It was decent. I'm not going to put there in the top three, but uh, it was it was better than what I expected. Yeah. 
I, 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 I'm looking very forward to that. I love the, the, the issue. But um, you're right about the Superman Batman. But however, if, as many books as we read, and when we see them turn into movies, we know that they take out a lot from the books just to make it a movie. But uh, the New Frontier ones, that, that was an awesome movie that just basically followed the lines of the book. New Frontier surprised me with the quality it had. I had it on, I think, Instant Watch or On Demand or something. I was bored one night. I was expecting to be maybe mildly entertained. And it really surprised me, the quality of of it. I thought I was going to get like a Saturday morning cartoon. No, it definitely wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon. And the characters in that in the New Frontier are were outstanding. And this seems to show some potential. I, I the, the next one coming up, Crisis on Two Earths. On a parallel Earth, my world is similar to yours in many ways, but very different in others. Luthor's new Justice League is not to be underestimated. Supervillains rule the planet. We were systematically destroyed by a group of superpowered beings known as the Crime Syndicate. They have the same superpowers as the Justice League, but with an evil twist. Take them down. They're willing to kill. Get ready for an all-new animated original movie from DC Universe. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and the rest of the Justice League. It's okay. We'll take it from here. In a battle against their criminal counterparts. I'm the baddest of the bad. Anybody who ever stood in my way is dead. Two Earths, two leagues, one epic battle. Justice League, Crisis on Two Earths. All right, so the next bit of news we have is on February 9th, the next DC Anime Universe film was announced, and it came from the LA Times, and they confirmed the long rumor that the next animated film coming from DC will in fact be Batman Under the Hood. There's been a lot of talk about this being the next film over the past, I guess, two months, but nothing was confirmed by a legitimate news source until now. And also, we can confirm it as well, because we received the review copy of Justice League Crisis on Tours, and in fact, there was a preview of Batman Under the Red Hood. Uh, the film will feature a story written by Judd Winnick, who originally wrote the 2005 storyline. Bruce Tim will obviously be an executive producer on the film, and the film will be directed by Superman Doomsday co-director Brandon Vietti. Uh, the voice cast will include... Bruce Greenwood as Batman, Jensen Eccles as Red Hood, Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing, John DiMaggio as the Joker, and Jason Isaacs as Ra's al Ghul. Uh, we can probably expect this to come out around summertime, and despite some news that's been out there within actually the last last couple days from the time we we're recording this, uh, people have been saying, oh, it's coming out in October. Well, I can tell you a couple things. One... If you follow the mold that DC Anime Universe films fo- follow, uh, you'll notice that there's always a film in the spring, there's always a film in the summer, and then sometimes there's a film in the winter, slash fall, whatever whatever works. But a good majority of the time, they always release one in the summer because they can promote it big time at San Diego Comic-Con and then release it the following Tuesday. Uh, that's what I see with this film. I see this film being the one that they're going to release the week after Comic-Con, also, it makes no sense to do this film and then hold it off until October when they wouldn't have any possibility whatsoever to actually promote the film. So, uh, we definitely can see that. The other thing is that the Red Hood statue that would follow the, around the same time the film comes out is being released 
the end of July, which again is a clue that it's coming out the end of July. Uh, this should be good. I, I think the casting, Bruce Greenwood, if anybody doesn't know who he is, he played um, Christopher Pike in the latest Star Trek by J.J. Abrams. And um, he's got that throaty voice, uh, you know, or it's real deep and gr- gritty. And he also played the president of National Treasure Book of Secrets. He's a good actor. And um, Nightwing appearing will be will be cool, uh, especially with Neil Patrick Harris. DiMaggio, that's the guy that did the, he does the voice in the, the Batman uh, Brave and Bold, right, in Futurama? Yeah, he does that's the one uh, that Aquaman's met, right? voice. Yeah, Aquaman's voice. Did, did oh, you say yeah, that? yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Did you say Neil Patrick Harris was doing the voice of uh, Nightwing? That is correct. So is Nightwing going to break out singing and dancing? Oh, we can only hope. Can we? Do we have to stereotype <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris as that? Well, he also yes. did it on the 100th episode of How I Met Your Mother. He had a whole musical sequence, and I was like, okay, I guess for the next year, Neil Patrick Harris is singing and dancing in all his roles. Under the hood, what an odd choice for all the Batman storylines that you can adapt into an animated movie. You're going to choose Under the Hood. What a weird choice. They're also having, um, as Jason Todd, Lana Lang's creepy ex-boyfriend from Smallville. That one guy with, like, the stones and the witches, and then he went to Supernatural. Yep. Jensen Eccles. <laughs> I do think it's a very, very strange choice, because I think I've mentioned this before, how it's such... You need to know a lot of backstory to really gather what's going on in this story. I don't see how they're going to get through that backstory in time to make this an interesting film, but we'll wait and see. But uh, as you say, very strange choice, and I don't know if they'll be able to pull this one off, really. Well, Nick, I think that really the all they need to do for the backstory is maybe have like two scenes, you know, maybe one of Batman in the Batcave staring at Jason Todd's memorial case for the 90th time. And then they'll have like a two minute flashback of him finding him stealing the Batmobile's tires, a training montage and then him getting blown up. Well, you know, when you, you talk about where um, where Batman looks at uh, Jason's Todd right there in the cave, um, I actually smile because. It's thanks to me that he was dead. <laughs> wow. So even thanks though you get tired of only at the time, I enjoy it the night time. Did you tie him up inside of the warehouse and beat him with a crowbar? Oh, man. Actually, he did. <laughs> but I think it'll be an interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time before the normal public, the public who doesn't know everything that's going on in the comics and knows about the comics, gets introduced to Jason Todd, especially since now we know he's back and he, he's slowly playing a larger role within the Batman universe. But, you know, as I'm one of the I represent one of the audience members that doesn't read the comic books as much. But I, I mean, I have a, obviously an interest in the, the whole DC universe. So I think anybody that's interested in this, the DC animated series, they're going to know who Jason Todd is. They're going to know they're going to be somewhat familiar with who the Red Hood is and all that. The background I do. And I don't I haven't read the comic book, but I just know enough. So anyway, I think we'll be all right. I think it'll be a good story and I'm looking forward I, to it. I love. I really look forward to the uh, sequence with Superboy, prom, or Superboy punching a wall. Well, yeah. we'll see if that actually happens. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what I want to know. He's cut out. They'll probably use the Lazarus Pit or something because you know to keep Superman out of it. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting one way or the other. But I think one way or the other, 
they're going to have to explain how he's come back from the dead after being blown up. And I hope they don't try to do something stupid and change it around because they're trying to make it fit with what they're wanting to do instead of explaining exactly how it happened because that would be really annoying. Right. You're going to melt just like a grilled cheese sandwich. There's one less thing. Uh, there's nothing really worthwhile in this, but on February 18th, uh, Warner Brothers sent over an interview with Bruce Tim talking about Justice League Crisis on Tours. You can check out the interview online. Uh, like I said, nothing really worthwhile, but there was another clip that they included, which was a clip of the Justice League fighting off against the crime syndicate up in the sky on the parallel Earth. So you can check that out. So let's get over into TV news. February 8th, we were given an exclusive from Warner Brothers, basically laying out some of the upcoming episodes of Batman the Brave and the Bold. Um, originally, and this is, was confirmed by Warner Brothers, uh, that February 12th was supposed to be the Super Batman of Planet X, which is basically Batman of Zurin R. Uh, February 19th was supposed to be the Power of Shazam, where Batman teams up with Captain Marvel. And then February 26th was supposed to be Chill of the Night. Uh, the episode that everyone's been talking about. So, literally, after we got confirmation that those were the episodes, they sent over that same day the information for the next episode, which was the Super Batman of Planet X. Uh, the synopsis was, Batman lands on a on this distant planet, Zurin R, and finds a doppelganger Batman. But more surprisingly, on this planet, the Cape Crusader has superpowers. Together, they battle the mad genius Rotal, who learns Batman's super weakness. And the most interesting thing about this of all is that we get a bunch of the original animated series cast coming back. We get Kevin Conroy as the Batman of Zurin R. So Dana Delaney, who voiced not only Andrea Beaumont uh, in Mask of Phantasm, but also Lois Lane in Superman the Animated Series. But then also Clancy Brown, who voiced Lex Luthor as Rotal. So that's interesting uh, in and of itself. So you can check that out. So that episode was supposed to air on February 12th. Now, whatever reason, on February 11th, we get this announcement over from Warner Brothers saying that uh, the information that was passed on has basically was correct, but the episodes are now being delayed. Uh, they did not disclose a reason. They just said Cartoon Network has pushed the episodes back to late March. Uh, repeats will air on Cartoon Network in the meantime. Now, what's really interesting is it turns out that the, the Super Batman of Planet X actually aired overseas, so uh, there it is out there. I'm not going to tell people exactly where it is, but I've had people text me and email me telling me that they saw it, and the beginning of the episode is amazing. So uh, definitely, once that comes on in March, we'll definitely have to check that out. My assumption is maybe two things. One, they're pushing the episodes back for the reason of wanting to promote Chill of the Night a little bit more, which means maybe at C2E2, they're planning on doing something there, maybe a screening of the episode, and then have the episode air within a couple weeks of that. But that means they would have to not only push 
the episodes back till March, but also add in another episode or add two more episodes in. So I don't know. Well, it's a possibility, but who knows? Yeah, I, I was pretty upset because, as you guys know, I was really looking forward to my uh, the Power Shazam one too. And I was so disappointed. I got like an Aquaman one and I was like, what is this? But I enjoyed it. It was still good. But I was just mad because I was ready to see Shazam. I think, yeah, I think it's, aired, it's aired over here, hasn't it, already? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had some pretty good reviews from what I saw so far. And um, it, it does seem very interesting. I, I had no idea Kevin Conroy was getting involved in this episode. And so it's been quite interesting to come out of nowhere. But uh, it does look good. And it's one that I am definitely going to I think that we're reading way too much into why Cartoon Network's moving this around. Maybe it's to promote this or that. No. If we look at Cartoon Network's history, not just with Batman Brave and the Bold, but with airing episodes of television, Clone Wars, and yeah, Clone Wars. Oh my god. If you listen to a I'm not even going to name this Star Wars podcast for other reasons, but if you listen to them, they're always complaining about Cartoon Network messing with the schedule. It's just, it's Cartoon Network all over. I know, it makes me mad. So, needless to say, those episodes will come, and as soon as we get some more information of when they will actually air, we'll let you know. But in the meantime, you can search the interwebs and try to find the episode since it has aired over in England. Look, up in the sky! It's a Zeta bird! It's an air car! No, it's Alright, so let's get over to the big chunk of news. We've got a lot of merchandise news, and that's because Toy Fair was actually the weekend of February 13th and 14th, Valentine's Day weekend. So we've got a bunch of different things to go over. But before we get to the toy news stuff, let's cover some of the other news that we've got. And here we go. Uh, The very first thing we've got is on February 8th, there was a event over in Tokyo over that weekend. It's very comparable to what we have over here as the New York Toy Fair. Uh, this event is actually called Wonder Festival, and this is where the companies from Japan would show the new items for the year. Among the new items, there was a new Batman based off his appearance in Batman Begins. The figure will be done by a company called Kyodo and an action figure line called Revel Tech SFX company has been teasing the public with lines of these figures since 2008. The line features iconic characters from both Japanese and American TV and film, and the figure looks to have interchangeable heads and hands. And you can check out pictures that we've got on the website. Yeah, the if anybody has collected the Revel Tech through the years, um, I have. I've collected the the Transformer ones. I've collected a bunch of Gundam ones that they have done before. Uh, these things sell out fast, guys. And the thing is that you got to try to get them when they're imported. A lot of people don't order them. There's some big comic book websites that do order them, and they do get them in the United States. But this Revel Tech Batman, I guarantee you, is going to go faster than anything. So if you can try to get your hands on it, I'm gonna get, try to get my hands on at least five of them get six apple and i'll buy one from you how's that okay (laughs) i'll try i'll try to get enough i'll try to get a a whole two boxes in from from japan so that way i can share them with you guys let's say we flip for it all right so also on february 8th uh gotham knights online received some information from eagle moss publications about an upcoming figure in their dc superhero collection line Uh, The new figure will be Red Robin, and it will be number 53. Obviously, as we've talked about many times in the past, these figures are well behind over here in the U.S., but fans over in the U.K. can look forward to the Red Robin figure very, very soon. 
I know, that thing looks so cool. Stay cool, bird boy. Alright, so moving along, February 10th, Maddie Collector posted up some images to the next Movie Masters figure, and the figure will be sold on MaddieCollector.com starting on March 15th, and then make its way over to Toys R Us this spring. The figure will be none other than the Scarecrow as he appeared in Batman Begins. That means he's in the suit and he's wearing the burlap sack over his head. And the description was, There is nothing to fear but fear itself, and the Scarecrow is here to help. From the smash hit film Batman Begins comes the Movie Master Scarecrow figure, a flawless representation sculpted by the Four Horsemen. It features full articulation and comes with a cloth version of his mask. So you can definitely check those out. Those figures only run about $15, so you can definitely get those. Yeah, I'm enjoying Maddie Collector, man. They're doing a good job over there. Yeah, Alright, so the next thing we have is on February 11th, uh, Warner Brothers sent us over a press release about them teaming up with a company called Sakar International. And basically, what they're going to be doing is they're going to make some Batman-themed electronics. So possibly someone heard our last podcast when we were talking about some different things that we'd like to see, and they got it going. So... The first items uh, will, are going to be released sometime 2010 during the back-to-school season where they're going to be making various different things for back-to-school. I'm assuming like calculators and I can't even imagine what other electronics are for back-to-school. Cigarette um, cases, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lighters. Uh, but definitely, there's plenty of things. This company is known for making numerous different things as far as digital cameras, camcorders, accessories for computers, iPods, GPSs, gaming accessories, binoculars, MP3 players, clock radios, and gift and toy electronics. So you can definitely expect to see some of uh, the stuff that hopefully that we were asking for in the last podcast seen very soon. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, they're, I'm, I know like a lot of fans are not going to care about, okay, who's Scar? Well, if you see a lot of the upcoming stuff for Iron Man 2, just imagine they're going to be doing stuff for Batman. So all the stuff that you see for Iron Man 2, Scar is behind that. So, you know, dealing with the license with Batman, oh, man, I can't wait. This, hopefully, finally, we get some good stuff. The stuff that interests me most is definitely the game accessories because I can imagine some, like, a really cool controller for my PS3 or something like that, I think that is something I would definitely be interested in buying. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Chill. All right, so now we get into the Toy Fair news. The very first thing, we got a bunch of stuff from February 15th. The first one, um, a lot of this information we got from a website called Cool Toy Review. Uh, if you haven't checked out their website, you can definitely check it out. It's just cooltoyreview.com. They were at Toy Fair 2010, and they took a ton of pictures and we have used a bunch of the pictures on the website. So the very first thing we've got is some new DC Direct items. Um, the very first thing was a Batman statue that's based off of Michael Keaton as Batman. We knew that we were going to get a bust. That was announced last month. But now we knew we were going to get a statue, so that's pretty cool. Well, another one of the really cool things that was announced was a black and white statue that features Man Bat by Neil Adams. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I, I got like really, this is like a, a total joygasm of to the 10th power because anyone that knows me knows that I've always gone back to collect my 89 collection and anything from 89 I bought. The only things I am missing are the Joker and Batman statues. I have not come across those. 
But when I saw this, this brought like a little tear to my eye seeing the 89 Batman statue because I can't wait to hold a Michael Keaton statue. And if you can imagine from being from 89 till now, how long that's taken for me, it's, it's a real emotion. I love Michael Keaton's Batman. But when they announced that, I was just like, <gasps> I was like, I felt like I, I just watched the notebook or something. I just, there was a lot of dust in the air in my house. I don't know what was going on. But uh, the uh, the black and white series statues, oh my god, that thing's taking off, man! The, the Neil Adams man bat, come on, that's a must own. But uh, a lot of good stuff. I'm loving what DC uh, directs doing. Yeah, I don't collect the statues, but some of these are making me change my mind about that. Yeah, that man bat statue is definitely cool. Then there's two other things that were announced from DC Direct. The first one being part four of the Gotham City Stories ones that we've seen, which is basically the little things that hang on the wall that look like people are coming out windows, and this one's going to have Harley Quinn and Robin. And then the other one was the Red Hood statue that is going to be coming out in July. So both of those, all all four of those things are all newer items that were announced. I kind of like this a lot. Okay, so next we've got Mattel Part 1, as we called it on the site. And this one, we included some of the different items that are outside of the normal lines for Mattel. <coughs> These would include uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold and the DC Super Friends. So some of the new Batman Brave and the Bold stuff we're going to see is... Uh, there was an episode last year where Batman gets in this giant bat bot to battle... I don't even remember who he battled, but he battled somebody who was larger... And he had to get in this Bat-Bot, which actually was his Batmobile that turned into the Bat-Bot, but obviously they can't do that. But they have this Bat-Bot thing that you can put a Batman inside, and it's big. And you can see pictures online. There's also a Solomon Grundy figure. And then as far as the DC Super Friends uh, series, there's these new things called... They're from Fisher-Price, and they're called Trio. And basically it looks like Legos or cubes or something, I don't know. But they've got a numerous different Batman ones. They've got bat caves. Um, they've got ones where you can have a Batmobile, bat cycle. It's basically just a new line of figures from what they're already doing. Also, you're going to see different villains like Mr. Freeze, Joker, Penguin, um, which is pretty cool. But it's not Legos, but it sure looks like Legos. It's like Legos for littler kids because they're bigger. And then there was also some different two-packs for the smaller Batman Brave and the Bold figures. Batman and Joker, Owlman, and the Blue Arrow, Sportsmaster, and Batman. Batman as a Green Lantern, and then that same small Batman as a uh, around a bat cycle. So those were pretty cool. Yeah, and for collectors, I know that they just looked at that uh, the Green Lantern Batman, and it's Sinestro with the Green Lantern outfit, not his yellow one. So that's going to probably be one that collectors are going to keep an eye out for. But that one's pretty cool. But you see that little Joker right there? Man, I can't wait to put that on my desk. What we're referring to is there are pictures of all of these different figures on the website. Just go to uh, where it's merchandise news and look for where it says Toy Fair 2010 Mattel Part 1. You'll see all the pictures for these different things we're talking about right now. I can see it clearly now for the first time. All right, so going over into some other things that we've got, Mattel Part 2, we had basically all of the stuff from the main series. Now, this would include Justice League Unlimited, DC Infinite Heroes, DC Universe Classics, and the fairly new retro-action DC superheroes. So first, Justice League Unlimited, we're getting repaints of Batman in his uh, 
normal costume that we saw in Justice League Unlimited, but then also in the classic uh, 70s style. There's also a three-pack that was announced that will have Batgirl, Nightwing, and Penguin in it, which is a very interesting addition since none of those characters really appeared in the show. But hey, I'm not complaining. Moving into DC Infinite Heroes, uh, because DC's 75th anniversary is this year, they're going to be having special packaging uh, stating that it's the 75-year anniversary, and then they're coming with special buttons. Um, but they're also going back to a lot of the classic versions of these characters, and these they would include Two-Face in the in Infinite Heroes figures. Now, if you're not if you don't remember, Infinite Heroes are the smaller 3.75-inch figures. Uh, there will be a Batman, there will be a Robin from Earth 2, a Black Canary, a Joker modeled off the Killing Joke, um, a three-pack with Nightwing, Batwoman, and Robin as in, in a three-pack as well. Uh, moving over to DC Universe Classics, we know that we're going to be seeing uh, a Batman and Robin two-pack, which we've been talking about for a while. And then we get to the very interesting retroaction DC Superheroes, which has a Batman and a Two-Face. Now, these are modeled very similar off of... Mego. Yeah, Mego uh, figures from the 60s and 70s. So they've got cloth clothes, they're cloth figures, they're really the only plastic on them is going to be their hands and their heads and their feet and then like any accessories that they have. But both of these figures look very interesting and i got to say I'm probably going to be getting these. Yeah, these, oh man, this is a great year for collectors. Oh my god, I can't wait for the summer to get here. But uh, all this good stuff that they're bringing out, it looks freaking awesome. But the the Joker uh, modeled after the Killing Joke is going to be so sweet. But the like the Mego line that they're bringing back, that that's so cool because I, I love the classic figures. There's a lot of collectors out there that only collect the classic figures. But to see these come back, oh man, it, it's like a nice, it's a nice breath of fresh air. There you go. Oh man, it, I, I'm just so happy with this line. This was a good toy show. Yeah, I know. And then the final bit of news we've got from the Toy Fair uh, also again came from Cool Toy Review. Uh, they went to the Bandai booth there and they spotted a concept some concept art of something called night flight batman which assumingly bandai is making a bunch of rc things we're going to be seeing a batman brave and the bold rc batman in a bat pack type thing where you can fly around kind of like a helicopter so that's kind of cool as well yeah uh, and that looks like batman brave and the bold style right yeah looks like you can have some fun with that i am catwoman hear me Alright, so moving into the next bit of stuff we've got, only two things left, but not Toy Fair stuff. On February 16th, there was a new figure out on MaddieCollector.com from the Movie Masters figure line from The Dark Knight, and the figure is the Joker as he appeared in the jailhouse. It will only cost you $15, but you need to make sure you, you, you go get it literally while you're listening to this right now, because these figures go quick. I missed out on getting the Harvey Dent figure because it sold out within 12 days of being first released mm -hmm. so that kind of ticked me off holy hole in a donut also on february 16th dc direct announced the items for october 2010 nothing really too major but uh some of the items that were announced were items that they showed at toy fair including that man bat statue by neil adams in the black and white series as well as the michael keaton as batman figure those are the only two items but there are items nonetheless so you can definitely check pictures of both those out over in the upcoming releases section under merchandise. 
Yeah. Oh, man. You better place your orders today, guys. I don't know what you want, but I know I can get it for you. With a minimum of fuss. Money. Jewels. A very big ball of string. Alright, as I said, no video game and no general news, so let's get right into our spotlight character, which, as I mentioned earlier, will be Orpheus. You may not know who Orpheus is, or you may have seen him in a comic here or there, or even seen the series called Batman Orpheus Rising, and had no idea what exactly it is. Well, we're going to tell you. So, Orpheus, also known as Gavin King, was the son of a Gotham City television sports producer and a former professional dancer, who both encouraged their boy to pursue his dreams. The only convey was that Gavin complete his higher education so he had the most options. At first, he wanted to follow in his mother's footsteps as a dancer and a singer, but those aspirations made him the target of ridicule by his school peers. He opted to augment those skills by learning martial arts, at which he proved quite proficient. By Gavin's later teen years, he was a good enough dancer that he was invited to tour the world with a troupe. Seeing the squad-lead conditions of the masses in the country after country transformed King's goals. He wanted to help. An unnamed secret operation recruited the dancer to train and become an agent, able to help make the world a better place. King accepted and began the transformation that turned him into the costume crime fighter known as Orpheus. This was in Batman Orpheus Rising, October 2001. King settled back home and created Double Life as both an entertainment producer and Orpheus. While he made a positive impact on Gotham streets, he did not win favor from Batman, who disliked vigilantes operating in his city. King didn't back down or leave, which earned him some respect, and eventually he became a factor in Batman's plan for the city. When Stephanie Brown was fired by Batman for disobeying his orders during her probationary period as the fourth Robin, she wanted to prove her worth by activating one of the Dark Knight's war game scenarios. The plan was designed to unite all of the city's criminal elements under one master, Matches Malone, secretly Batman, a fact Brown did not know. As the scenario unraveled, Orpheus was to play a key role, with Batman going so far as to recruit Onyx to watch his back. Without Malone's involvement, things rapidly spiraled out of control and a vicious gang war broke out. As Brown approached Orpheus to explain his role, they were surprised by the sudden appearance of Black Mask, Woohoo! long thought dead, who chose to take advantage of the chaos. He attacked Orpheus from behind, cutting his throat before the hero could react, killing him. Oh, poor sucker. The organization that had created Orpheus was never heard from again. And you probably have never actually seen Orpheus in any media because he's never been in any media. So that's pretty much Orpheus. Very short story because they basically, it seems like it's almost they created him only to kill him off only a few years later. Well, we, we also got the second Orpheus who was Black Mask. <laughs> they left out the part about Black Mask, like, stealing the costume and then dressing up as Orpheus. And, oh, yeah, fooling Batman. Oh, War Games, why are you so poorly written? <laughs> yes, oh, so true. That's all I wanted to know. So that's going to get us into our feature, which is going to be sorting out the Batman 3 rumors that are floating around, around out there. So... I wrote up an article on February 8th over on the website kind of talking about some of the different things that have been going on since we last gave you an update about Batman 3. Um, there hasn't been a ton of official news. Well, actually, there hasn't been any official news as of the announcement that we p- gave you back in December, 
which was, hey, guess what? You need to wait until we have something. We don't have anything yet. Uh, we'll hear something by the end of January. Well, January came. We never heard anything. January went. We didn't hear anything. And now February's coming to the close, and we still haven't heard anything. The first thing that really kind of popped up over the last couple weeks, well, at this point, it's been almost a month since some of this stuff started popping up. But uh, there was a bunch of sudden, there's basically a sudden quake of rumors and bits of truth that have emerged over the past month. Uh, the very first thing that popped up was over at IGN. Uh, they posted up a story last week sent around the quarterly earnings report from Warner Brothers. The entire report was transcribed by a website called Seeking Alpha. During that report, they hinted at the mentioned in a matter of weeks an announcement is coming about Warner Brothers' plans with the new DC Entertainment. And the quote was, Regarding DC, we are going to have a fairly interesting set of announcement presentations pretty soon, like in a matter of weeks, I think, said Time Warner Chairman and CEO Jeff Box, about our plans for DC, and basically, if you look across the title of the whole band of hits, whether it's Batman, The Dark Knight, Green Lantern coming up, Superman, there have been a huge number of franchise films that have been a part of Warner Brothers' tentpole strategy that has been the reason for Warner's unparalleled high and consistent earnings advantage over other studios. And DC has already been a part of that, and we are now going to outline an even more expansive plan for that in the coming months. So that's the first thing. So what announcement? Because this, this was actually done at the end of January, and we still haven't heard anything, um, except for they announced... A new staff, which we'll get to in a little bit, but uh, based on that, I mean, what do we think about them saying we're going to hear something fairly soon? It's going to be the year 2020, and we're going to be like, okay, in a matter of weeks, we're going to be hearing about Chris Nolan and Batman 3 any day now. I I think that they have to make an announcement fairly soon because when I mean they kind of opened their mouth when they said that Batman 3 would be coming out in 2011 which right now we see that we don't think that's going to happen but um, they have to make an announcement as something as large as that because it was it was so big that it, it grows into its own monster and the media is right there to grab it and run with it but um I mean, I'm, we just got to wait till they say something. Well, they, they have to do something quick because of the fact that, um, well, whenever Comic-Con comes, there are going to be all kinds of Marvel announcements regarding, um, you know, Thor's coming out next summer, and then, and then we've got Captain America, and then the Avengers is 2012. That's when they slated it. And that's, I think, the earliest that we would see a third Batman, uh, Nolan, you know, sequel to The Dark Knight, and... You know, it's going to compete with it, uh, essentially. So They don't have to say anything, though. And we've been saying that for, like, two years now, that, oh, they're going to have to say something by now, or, oh, they're going to have to say something by this point, and they never do. What I don't understand is what is actually holding them back, because it seems that Nolan is signed up to it. Um, so what other commitments are they waiting for before they can announce this film is ready to go? That's what I don't quite understand. Surely Nolan's on board. It seems like that's the case. So what else are they waiting for? Exactly. So with that being said, uh, we can expect to hear something possibly very soon, but is it going to be about Batman 3? Well, we can only hope. 
Now, there's been a number of things that we've heard through the pipeline, one of them being that Warner Brothers has purchased permits in Chicago for filming. Those permits center around October 2010 start time. Now, obviously, will that be for Batman 3? We don't know, but uh, we do know that Warner Brothers obviously films tons of films every year, and it doesn't necessarily have to be for Batman 3, but again, we can hope. Um, another interesting point is that the status of Batman 3 on IMDb has been updated to pre-production from rumored again this is part of the mill and has to be taken lightly because imdb does have the ability to be updated by users sorry i just want to say imdb is very very unreliable yes um another but the real reason why this all has become news over the last couple of days from when we posted this which was february 8th is because on that friday february 5th there was a website called The Hollywood Reporter that posted a story about David Goyer and his work on Flash Forward. Flash Forward is a show on ABC that Goyer has been working on for quite some time. I mean, even when we were at San Diego last year, he was there to promote it. Um, in the article, they stated that Goyer will be taking a less hands-on role with the show to work on other projects. Now, the obvious speculation from that is that one of those projects will be Batman 3. Regarding uh, Flash Forward and Goya, um, if anyone does watch Flash Forward, and I do feel sorry for you because it's a dreadful show, uh, I think David <laughs> David Goya is uh, jumping the ship there because that that uh, that ship is sinking fast, and there's a good chance Flash Forward won't get its second series, and it's been a bit of a flop. Um, and I reckon David Goya is leaving that just to make sure his reputation is still intact and um, jumping on board a project that he knows is going to be pretty viable and successful. Um, I do have to say, though, I used to think quite highly of David Goya, but now my confidence has been shaken a bit just from watching Flash Forward. Well, we'll see the thing is about David Goyer. David Goyer can do superheroes and comic book heroes really well, but... I understand what you're talking about the flash forward. I mean, they were like, we're going to have another blackout. Oh, my God. That's, an, I, I, that's a totally different story. So I agree with you there that as far as a TV writer, that might not be his strength. But when it comes to heroes of comic books, that guy can write it because he alone made Blade famous within the within the movies. Yeah, the first Blade was good. And then it kind of fell apart after that. Uh, I don't know how good of a writer he really is. I mean, other than the two Batman films, I've never been impressed with anything that he has written other than that. So, Now, uh, if they would make his movie Supermax with that Green Arrow movie, that would be awesome because yeah. just the concept of that movie sounds like it could be really good. How long has that been talked about, though? Yeah, that's what's been talked about. Well, that's actually been talked about longer than Batman 3. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then... On February 8th, the speculation may have gone even further to be true about him working on Batman 3 because Deadline.com posted up some news of Goyer stepping down from the show but also put in a small sentence that could mean big things for Batman fans. Uh, the sentence was, Of course, Goyer's feature career is really heating up. Since he co-wrote Batman Begins and penned the story for The Dark Knight and is now writing the third installment with Chris Nolan's brother Jonah. Now, are they going by that? I don't know. Now, the thing is, it's been reported on very, very many sites that Goyer is, in fact, writing Batman 3 with Jonah Nolan. Now, the question is, is he really writing it right now, or have they been actually working on it for a while? Because 
Batman on Film posted up last February that Goyer and Jonah Nolan were attached to Batman 3 as soon as they figured there was going to be a Batman 3. So why all of a sudden are people thinking that it's happening now? Or is it not necessarily happening and people are just assuming that because they were attached to do it anyway? I guess we'll have to see for that. Um, Now, some of the other things that have come out which this isn't really Batman-related, but it does have to do with Chris Nolan and the fact that it's been in the news a lot lately and it's been, been it's been talked about a lot lately, is that supposedly Warner Brothers it wants to give Chris Nolan a Godfather-type role with the Superman franchise. Essentially, that what that means is because Chris Nolan did an excellent job at redoing the Batman franchise, uh, they want to have him have his input. They want to get his input on... The Superman franchise so that they can get it going. Now, what does that mean for Batman 3? In my opinion, it doesn't mean a freaking thing because he has a Godfather role. That means he oversees some things. Maybe they'll make him an executive producer and he'll make some money out of the, out of being in that Godfather role of sorts. I don't think Chris Nolan at any point in time would ever put Batman aside to work on a Superman film because Chris Nolan has stressed over and over again that there are no superheroes in the same universe as his Batman universe that he's created in the movies. So we're not going to see Superman suddenly come over to Batman's or come over to Gotham City in the next Batman movie. Yeah, that uh, makes I, so I, many fans cry. <laughs> I would, I would agree. I, I think that um, that I, then again, though, making those statements were beforehand before they even asked him to help with Superman. But if, you know, of course, as we remember, Christopher Nolan had based off Batman Begins off of the original Superman movie, where in the lines where if you have great actors within the roles that the movie would be successful and then you can make a great film. That's what he took from Superman and put it into Batman Begins. Now, since he is such a fan of that, I think that they probably took that on and say, you know what, Christopher Nolan did this, and he did make Batman Begins a billion-dollar movie, and it's right up there with uh, with uh, James Cameron. So are we having a James Cameron on our hands where he can kind of help out something else to make it even greater? I would take that chance because, I mean, look what he's already done with Begins and The Dark Knight. But it does scream... Uh, Warner Brothers are putting all their eggs into one basket. You know, Chris Nolan is a good director, so do we want him to do every single DC property they have? I mean, that's the sort of thing that I'm starting to worry about now. Is that okay? Chris Nolan's very good at Batman. Superman is a completely different proposition. Um, you need to make sure. Yeah, you, know, you need to go with a different director. Just take a different take. But see, I don't well, think you- that I don't think he's going to be taking a director's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think- it's just going to be like a consultant type thing. Yes, this is how I made it work. Do it something like this. Not, oh, make it dark, because obviously Superman's not a dark character. Yeah. He can be, but he's not generally. And if you told a story about Superman, you, it wouldn't work. Well, I just think it could, it could distract Nolan. You know, you've got Batman is a huge enough and difficult enough thing to do on its own, let alone try and get the Superman franchise, which is in an incredible mess, back on track as well. Yeah, but you also got to remember the the executives, everyone at Warner Brothers is under the gun because they have to have a Superman film by 2013 because the rights are going to reserve back to the the creators of Superman. So they're they're going to lose that if they don't 
come up with something big. Now, the thing is that their last decision was a failure. The 2006 Superman Returns was not great at all. Uh, so, <laughs> who are you going to go back so to? so bad. Some can argue that it was, I mean, it made all its money back, and that's what's important in the movie business, but it didn't make enough money where it would uh, get another movie. Now, the 2013 thing, it doesn't have to have a movie out by 2013. They have to have a movie in produ- production by 2013. And we also know that there are movies that can be in production for a really long time. So I don't think that... I think that they're going to do another Batman movie and then concentrate on doing some of these other ones. We already know Green Lantern's coming out next year, so there'd be no reason to hold off. I think Batman's successful. Keep doing Batman and then work some other characters into the DC universe as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking along the lines of Nolan shoots Batman 3 and then maybe in post of Batman 3 starts to work on the development of the new Superman thing. And I don't even think it has to go as far as that. I don't think that Nolan has to be that involved with Superman. I think he can walk in and say, okay, so I think you need to get a director that does this. They say, okay, they go find a director. Then they say, okay, I think you need to get a cast that's like this. So they go find a cast that does that. I think that's what they'll need to do in order for it to make it work without overwhelming Nolan. Because I think the last thing Nolan wants to do is have to deal with every single DC Universe movie that comes out. Yeah, they'll be able to, they'll be able to send him, you know, things on a daily basis. He doesn't have to be there, and it's nothing for him to just look at pictures or read something and say, "Yeah, that needs." I mean, not like he's actually producing it, but you know, just opinions, and that's all I think they're going to want from him, and they're going to get, and that that's not going to take up hardly any of his time. I think after he does Batman three, which I think he will, I think he'll move on to something else. Maybe at Warner Brothers, maybe not, but he'll definitely. You know, he'll just have his input. It won't be, and he'll have his name in the credits somewhere. I'm just enjoying this because of all the elitist Batman fans over the years who have said that Nolan, you know, he only deals with the dark and the gritty and the realistic characters, and that's why Batman's awesome and Superman isn't, and Nolan would never solely himself by doing something so stupid and sci-fi like Superman. I I just think that it's it's Warner Brothers a way to get them to get Nolan's name attached to Superman to promote the film. I really think that's the big ploy behind it all. Is that yeah, he's been so I, successful with Batman that if you attach I, his name to the Superman franchise, that gets people excited about it. That gets people talking I, I, like we are. I, I, can't, I can't see that. And the only reason why I can't see that is because they need help with Superman. They, were, they really went through their choices. They did one. It didn't work. So, I mean, the guy that has been successful for them, who is, he's like, he's doing right. He, I mean, every movie that he's done has had either it was successful, it was returned, it met with great criticism, and, it, I mean, more than anything, it was profitable. So, this guy has something that when he sees something and he envisions it, it works. And it, and it speaks to us, the audience, because we go out there and we see Memento, we see Begins, we see In the Dark Knight, and we're all going to go see Inception because, I mean, it looks good. I mean, it's like, whoa, that's a crazy concept. But the thing is that Nolan does something that, as a, as a, as a director, as someone with that vision, he just envisions it. And I like what Josh had said, where he said that, oh, you know, the, the Nolan fans, oh, he's dark and he's gritty, he likes that. But the number one thing you cannot forget is that this guy is a filmmaker, and filmmakers always love challenges. 
And but he's not directing the film. Speak. He's not. No, directing. he's not. But he's gonna oversee it. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a, like he's a, he's gonna be the godfather of it. And they're gonna come to him and says, "Okay, what do we need? What should we do here? What are your suggestions?" See, but here's what that makes the fans mad. If he announced that he was gonna direct it, he's like the the big press conference, and they're all waiting for the Batman three announcement. He's like, "My next film after Inception, Superman. I'll do Batman in you know 2015 or whatever when that's all wrapped up." But if he has a larger role in overseeing it, what Hollywood director is gonna want to come in and? be told by Chris Nolan, you know, what he wants to see. I think that Nolan's going to have the same type of role as like Jeff Johns has with Green Lantern. He just checks it and says, hey, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. Jeff Johns didn't write Green Lantern. He is not directing Green Lantern, but he has a consultant role. They're checking things with him and saying, does this work? Do you think this works? And I think that's all it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be nearly, I don't even think it's going to be as big as of a role as Jeff Johns has with Green Lantern. I think it's going to be more of a, hey, what do you think of us doing something like this? Not the story, just saying, hey, do you think it'd be a wise idea to have an unknown and play Superman? Do you think it'd be a good idea to bring Brandon Routh back? Do you think it'd be a good idea to just get somebody who's a big name to play Superman? I think that's what they're going to do. Not, Chris, hey, guess what? Uh, So we need you at the studio every day to oversee everything that's going on with Superman because you're awesome and you made us a billion dollars with our other movies. So guess what? Uh, We need you to do it again with Superman. It's not going to happen. I just well, don't I, see it happening. What I think is the the main reason this is happening is because the media seems to have come up with this title, The Godfather of Superman. Uh, I don't know where on earth they got this, this title, but as you say, I think he's just going to be an exec producer or a consultant. I think it's because this term, The Godfather, came up. Everyone thinks now that – so the director comes up, he shows him a scene they've done, and Nolan will go, no, don't like it. Go do it again. <laughs> that's, that's what people are thinking from The Godfather. And there's only one Godfather, and that's Marlon Brando. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, and the thing is that I, that's what I think. I think he's going to put the, the pieces in place, and they're going to go, okay, we're going to go ahead and go with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's all it's going to be. I think it's being blown way out of proportion because exactly of what Nick said, that Godfather thing. They come up with that phrase, and now everybody's using it, and now everyone's thinking he's basically going to oversee the entire project. And I just think that's a line of crap, in my opinion. I think where he's going to be working the most will be the writer's room and just getting the story. That's probably, I think, the most important part for him. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get into some of the more interesting rumors. Now, these are nothing but rumors, but these are extremely interesting, and we're going to cover them just because people want to hear about them, and we're going to talk about them because <laughs> these are hilarious. All right, oh so God. the first thing we've got is uh, the very first thing at the beginning of the month uh, – we heard that the plot was already in place for Batman 3, and as of February, that week of February 8th, that same time frame where we wrote that original article, uh, there was a source claiming that the first draft of the entire Batman 3 is actually finished and has already been handed in by David Goyer and Jonah Nolan. <laughs> and then on top of that, which... Let's just cover that one. That one, yes, that's entirely possible. If, if It doesn't take months to write a story. They could have been thinking about ideas since 2008 when they first said that they were thinking about doing a Batman 3 and they had ideas of what to do. So it's entirely possible that they already have first draft and they turned it in. 
correct? Everybody agree? Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I reckon over the last six months, they might have just sent emails to each other and say, so what do you reckon to maybe the Riddler doing this, finding out the identity of Batman or Catwoman being a cat burglar, just, just talking to each other probably, and now they've finally sat down and actually spent some time putting something together. Exactly. I think they probably so, knew that before they even finished up on Bat on uh, the Dark Knight. They probably had an idea, like you know, on the next one we should really, you know, they've they've had they've been using ideas for for years. All right, so let's get into some of the more interesting rumors. The first one is that they claim the main villain is going to be the Riddler, and Arkham Asylum will, fe- will be featured heavily in the story. Um, there will be numerous other Bat villains that will cameo, including the Penguin and Mr. Freeze, although Mr. Freeze will only appear in his Dr. Fry's inc- incarnation. We also know that uh, Barbara Gordon's role will be beefed up, and Dick Grayson may also make an appearance, though probably not as Robin. Uh, so let's cover those real quick. Riddler as uh, the main villain. Well, gee, that doesn't take a rocket scientist to guess that it's only been talked about the Riddler being the main villain since the end of Batman or the dark Knight. So yeah, that's a, that's a great guess. Arkham Asylum. Oh wait, Arkham Asylum was in the first movie and had a pretty significant role. So yeah, why not have it in the next one? Uh, other classic bat villains is cameo. Wait, it did, didn't, uh, Nolan do that in Batman begins where he had Mr. Zaz Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, that's entirely possible. So this is all just... Speculation. Stuff that you, yeah, this is all just stuff you could easily make up, <laughs> no questions asked. Now, the Barbara Gordon comment is interesting because uh, those of us out there who know things about the comics know that Jim Gordon's wife's name is also Barbara Gordon. So which Barbara Gordon are they talking about? Are they talking about his wife or are they talking about his daughter? And if they were talking about his daughter, what would be the point of having his daughter have a bigger role? Giving her a bigger role like they did with his son were... Batman! Batman! <laughs> yelling at the end? Okay, well, so that's fine with me. I guess it'll beef it up more than what we saw in the last movie. The bipolar uh, kid who, who's crying at gunpoint one minute, traumatized for his life. Then the next minute, Batman, are you okay? Why is he running, Daddy? Because kids just bounce back because from traumatic experiences to. like that. Or who, yeah. or who like, finds out that his dad's dead one night, and then one night when he's sleeping, he wakes up, and his zombie dad is stroking his hair like, <laughs> Hey, Daddy, did you help Batman? You know, no, Trant, that kid's going to be so messed up. He's going to become a Batman villain. Maybe his name is Barbara. <laughs> that would explain so much. Yeah. Dad, why'd you right. give me a girl name? And then Dick Grayson making an appearance, uh, that's entirely possible too. I could see maybe the end of Batman 3. I don't, well, no, I shouldn't say entirely possible. I should say uh, Nolan has stated numerous times along with Christian Bale that there's no room for a teenage sidekick in their universe. But we could easily see them do something at the end of the film where they lead off into going to a circus or something like that where no one knows he's not going to do a third one but he's setting it up so that the person who carries on the franchise after him has the ability to, to bring in Robin since he wasn't going to bring Robin in himself but I, so it's, I don't, it's possible I don't think Nolan would actually uh, paint somebody, uh, some other director in a corner though either you know he, I, he he's the type of person or at least he appears the type of director that he would. He wouldn't set three up that you know that it's gonna 
absolutely have this or that in the fourth one because I think he has enough respect for other directors that if they want to bring, if they want to do whatever, then they'll they'll do whatever. So, but I mean, again, you know, I think he'll do whatever he wants too. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of these other ones. Uh, supposedly, Commissioner Gorham will name check the Superman universe and mention Metropolis and Lex Luthor. Okay, um, <laughs> and, and it's interesting no. how this rumor came out as soon as we found out Chris Nolan was going to be working in some way, shape, or form with the Superman film. So, isn't that coincident? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> do I see that happening? No. Maybe I could see Metropolis mention. Do I see Lex Luthor mention? No. Why even bother? Because Lex Luthor, that would just, uh, like, what really what would be the point? Yeah, I, I can see, see Metropolis where... just because it's another city in the DC universe. Fine. You can say Metropolis without saying there's a Superman, without saying there's supervillains within, you know, outside of it. Do I see it being <laughs> Lex Luthor? No. I, I think that would be a stupid thing to do. I, I, I do think. I mean, it's been done in Batman films before where Metropolis was mentioned. So, I mean, I don't see it being hurt here. You know what I mean? So, I can see that, but <laughs> Lex Luthor, no way. <laughs> Keep dreaming yeah. on that one. The only reason they do that, I think, is to sort of clip Superman onto Batman 3 in the hope that people pay attention to the next Superman film. But as you said, I don't think it's really worth it. That's just like Poison Ivy. Every action figure comes with a Bane 1 2. It's if they went that way. Which was a stinking lie because I had to, when I was <laughs> young, buy my Poison Ivy and Bane action figures separately. Oh, agreed. So did I. <sighs> Schumacher lied. Shocking. These rumors sound more like Schumacher than they do Nolan, by the way. Oh, we're going to have Mr. Freeze and Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson and, you know, and all these cameos and villains. And we're going to mention Metropolis, you know, because Robin's going to say something and then Batman's going to say, this is why Superman works I, alone. And then the audience these, laugh because it's funny. I love these mock movie posters where the name of the movie is Gotham City and Morgan Freeman is spelled with a D. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you kidding here? Not only, not only that, but I mean, like, there's, there's, they've come up with a bunch of names. I've saw one that said Gotham Knights. Oh yeah, Gotham. That's that's really original. Gotham Uprising. The the Caped Crusader. Yeah. I mean, anyone can make up these rumors. I mean, we'll make up one right now. You know, Lucius Fox is going to become a pimp by night, and Bruce Wayne's going to have to (laughs) figure out if he. If, if if he's going to turn his friend in for breaking the law, or if he's going to let him do his pimping and keep his secret yeah. identity. Yeah, and also, we're going to find out is Lucius Fox is actually Catwoman's father. That's what the new one is. <laughs> yeah, I also heard from a Warner Brothers insider that uh, the bat nipples are coming back. Oh, my favorite! I've missed my, those. My favorite one though is Larry David as the Riddler. Oh, you know what? I would like to see. I would like to see, hopefully, if it's Black Mask in this movie, we'll call it The Blackest Night. That would, that would be so cool. We could take that from the Green Lantern. Wow, that would be total promotion. <laughs> yeah. I would never see that happen. I would not watch that movie. Yeah. yeah. You can get the idea. This is why we try to stay away from rumors, but you guys ask for them, so we need to make sure that we bring you them so you can sound, see, you can hear how ridiculous they sound because... They are pretty ridiculous, and you can tell just by us reading them that any of these could be easily made up with no problem whatsoever. So Ed- that's pretty much uh, that. Eddie Murphy is the Riddler, anyone? 
I oh, hope so. Hell yes. My God. Cher, well, is, God. Cher is Christopher Nolan's first. No, no. My, <laughs> they should get Eddie Murphy my, to my play least. all the villains, and he can, you know, change the makeup around like he did in the, you know. He has made it very. He's made it very clear that he only wants to play Egghead if he gets. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What will they think of next? Well, you know. All right, so that's going to be the feature. As always, you can email us your comments to podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can head over to the website to check out daily news, join the forums to chat with other Bat fans. We have had some people very recently email me saying they can't get into the forums because their names weren't being approved. So if you are still having a problem, just be sure to email us and we'll make sure to get your account activated. You can head over to the editorials to see not only uh, comic reviews, but you'll also be able to see a review of Justice League Crisis on Tours. As you're listening to this, there will already be at least two reviews of the movie posted up on there. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And as we've been mentioning in the last couple podcasts, the current uh, Twitter and Facebook watch, uh, we are trying to get to a certain number of fans before a specific amount of time. And currently on Twitter, which we're trying to get to 250 followers before C2E2, which is the second to last weekend of April, uh, we are currently sitting at 92 followers. So we have gotten some more since the last podcast, but we definitely need to get some more to get to that 250. Over on Facebook, we're aiming for 1,000 fans before San Diego Comic-Con. And we are sitting at 211 fans, so let's keep those numbers rolling. We plan on, if we can achieve this, we plan on making a decent fan fan event for those fans of the Batman universe at San Diego Comic-Con. So be sure to get your friends to join the fan page. All right, so that's everything for this episode. Uh, Next episode, I forgot to mention this earlier, but we were supposed to have... uh, uh, a guest, and we're supposed to be talking about Batman soundtracks this episode, but uh, we're actually going to, we actually obviously didn't, uh, and we're planning on doing that not next episode, but the following episode. Uh, the next episode will, in fact, be episode 50, and episode 50, we got to celebrate with style, so our, we're going to be having a contest uh, for some different prizes that we have, um, as well as. Uh, kind of a review of stuff that uh, the BatmanUniverse.net has actually done over the past over two years. So look forward to that. Time has just flown by. It I know, has. man. You know, people think like, oh, man, it's only been 50 shows. Well, technically, we, we've done over 100 with the specials in the comic cast. I think that that numbering is too high and confusing for newcomer fans. I think we need to end the podcast, then wait about three months, and then restart with a shiny new number one. Sounds I like knew you were going to say that. <laughs> S- sounds like a plan. All right, so, so make sure you're listening to the next episode and be sure to check out the website every day for all kinds of new things happening. So this is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Nick. You got Josh. This is Zach. This is Ryan. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. I'm going to go and kick Ross's ass. <laughs> hey, Nick, get lost. <laughs> this is the end. The absolute end. See ya.
Dodge, I'm so proud of you. You remember to order. <laughs> Even when huh. Nick coming in. <laughs> Nick always throws me off. <laughs> I know. I was just waiting for them to go twice. I actually. Who's better between the two? I know a diehard Cassandra Kane fan. That uh, one guy. You're lucky. <laughs> no, no, but that would be interesting, actually. Dead air. Dead air because actually Nick's here now, and we lost Apple. What the heck? Nick, I know you don't have everything set up. Just take your time. Somehow we lost Apple completely. What is that noise? That is Optimus Prime. It's Nick trying to fix his mic. Huh? <laughs> What's that, Optimus? What do we need to find before Megatron gets it? What do you really think we've got the bus? We have to get that giant cube from the North Pole. What was that giant cube called? Oh, jeez. There's something force? The thing that they, like, stuck into Megatron's body in the first movie to kill him. That everyone was after. Right. Transformers. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we nice. can. Yeah. So you've already started, yeah? Well, we've only done one bit of news, but uh, at the same time, somehow we lost Apple, so this is very interesting. Uh, I've replaced him. No, he, he he's completely offline now. It's not even like when I added you, it, it dropped him. Maybe his computer uh, booted. I don't know. I just texted him, but he didn't text me back yet, so who knows. <sighs> All right, so anyway, we'll just continue on then. All right, so the next bit of news we've got... Actually, I'm gonna, we should oh, have I should Nick. probably do an intro for Nick, yeah. We should have Nick read for Apple, just like for the rest of the cast, like do his best Apple oh, wait, impression. Apple's back. There's Apple. Like, oh, guys, it should have been the Joker. Just have him have him just say, this is Nick, and then that way okay. I'll just go back and move it. I am Nick, or am I? But there, Apple? Ooh, yeah, I man, my, my laptop just went totally black. I had to come downstairs. I ran downstairs right now. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Nick's here now, so let's do a quick intro for him. This is Nick. Dana Delaney, who voiced Vicky, or not Vicky Vale. She voiced Lana. Andrea Beaumont in the movie, right? And Lois Lane. Yeah, and Lois yeah. Lane. I was going for Lois Lane, but I, I said the wrong thing. Vicky Vale and Lois Lane are the same person. No, they're not. No, yes. they're not. Read any 1950s. <laughs> it's the same person up until, like, okay, she just okay, changes her okay, hair. Okay. It's still cool. Zach, edit this part out. I'm, <laughs> I'm aware. Oh, Zach's here. Oh, Zach's here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Here you go, Zach. I put you to work. Yeah. Thank you. Pay <laughs> no attention to the man behind the headset. And who is that person? That looks like Nightwing, right? In red, it's Nightwing, but I don't remember who it is. It's like night. It's Nightwing, but it's like Earth. a specific Nightwing. Nightwing whatever. Redux. Yeah, whatever. Oh my God, deja vu. What do you call it? A uh, fresher breath air or breath of fresh air? All right, so that's going to get us into our feature, which, as we <laughs> mentioned earlier, um, you okay? <laughs> 